maybe again. Perfect. All right. It's really good to see you guys. We are going to be starting a new series. It's called Relational Wellness. And this is going to be a little different than what we've done in the past because this series is going to be taught by four different couples. So Gene and I are going to launch it. And then David and Anne, Johnny and Renee, and Joe and Leona are also going to partner in, and we're going to be teaching this series. And the reason why we're teaching this particular series is because healthy and re thriving relationships don't just happen. Who is, who's been in service already? All right. Pastor John is talking about getting into a relationship with somebody in the 75%, right? You know, I, I remember going to school. I was taught math. I was taught science. I was taught history. And I was taught to behave. But I was never taught how to behave. We were taught all the no's. Don't sit there. Don't say that. Don't do this. Right? But how many people in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade were told how to be compassionate to your friend or your schoolmates? No. How, how to ask them if something was wrong and actually listen? We were taught to be polite, but oftentimes we were taught to be polite by being told what not to do. You know how difficult it is don't do it that way. Okay, what way do I do it? Well, I don't know. It's just not that way. Yeah, we worked with a couple, and it was really, it, and we teach putting skin on emotional needs. We talk about respect. We talk about security. We talk about what does this mean to you? What does this look like to you? And, and this one gentleman said, I need respect. I said, okay, that's fine. What does that look like? And he says, well, it's not th this, which was a behavior his wife was doing. I said, that's not helping your wife. That's just telling her what you don't like. How does respect look like to you? What does it look like to you? And he struggled for five minutes, and finally he gave up. He said, I don't know. And I said, then how do you expect your wife to respect you when you don't even know what it looks like? And so what we're trying to do is talk about relational health and emotional health and what that looks like. This is a class on emotional intelligence, really, is what we're going to be talking about throughout these coming weeks. You know, the, the bottom line is people around us are looking for someone who cares. Pastor John said it, and, and we're going to be pulling a lot on what Pastor John's been talking about. People don't care how much you know until how much you show how much you what? You want to talk about those points? Okay, so when we talk about looking for someone who cares, we're looking at it first from a, a more global perspective at, throughout this course, throughout yeah. this teaching, and then we're going to take it into smaller and smaller um, focus. Yeah. All right, so we're going from that diffused light for those of you that have been in the service to that laser focus. Yeah. That's kind of the way that this is going. By the way, just so you know, we did not sit down with Pastor John and say, okay, what are you going to teach? All right, then we're going to find stuff that's going to match that. Um, what we did was pray and say, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to go? Where do you want us to go with this? And through a variety of things, 
You let us, this is pretty much the same stuff we've been teaching, but in a slightly different format, same as normal. We always preach God's word, yep. whatever direction that looks like at that moment. So, um, I forgot where the rest of that. So, so today, we live in a wor world where strengthening relationships and deepening interpersonal con connecting is lacking. You agree or disagree? I remember even in my dysfunctional childhood, we used to go to the family, you know, for, for holidays, for summer, whatever, and just kind of sit out on the back porch, maybe play some type of game. The kids would be, you know, whatever, tossing a ball or something like that. And hours would be spent like that. How many of us in today's life, in our busyness, have time to waste hours like that? Right? I mean, have you ever put it in that context? I don't have time to sit around all day. Yes? No? Okay. But a lot of people... Uh, where is it? We don't... Even Pastor John said it. We don't have... No. Who said we have no free time? Joe, Joe said it. Joe said it last week. We have no free time. We have no free time. Okay. But I don't think he was intending to label free time as time in relationship. Does that make sense? So if you're going to sit and watch the Super Bowl part, Super Bowl, do it with someone else. You know, so Joe's saying, I don't have free time to just sit there and, you know. Pick my toes. <laughs> I agree with you, especially while we're eating. <laughs> okay. Bad timing, sorry. All right, so we live in a day where priority seems to be given to many things. What type of things are most people prioritizing? The kids, work, school, okay. church, yeah, for sure. I know when my kids were younger, we spent so much time at church, we forgot about the kids. You know, we were discipled in, in a very, you know, if the doors are open, you got to be there. You had Sunday morning worship, you had Sunday morning school, you had uh, Wednesday night um, teaching and then you also had leadership training on this day and then the kids you know so you had no time to sit and play games with your kids I was talking to a pastor the other night um, a lot of um, churches okay the kids programs here women's programs there men's programs there where's priority with the family the relationship and it's uh, it's really hard because if we look at today's culture and we look at and this is not to say anything about you know individuals who've been divorced or anything else so I'm going to look at that fire thing on the back wall there so because I'm not addressing anybody in this room I'm just addressing a statistic the statistic is is that the, one of the highest rates of divorce are after the kids leave the house you know why? Because so much priority was spent on the kids that the husband and wife lost sight of who they were. And they, and they were so busy with the kids that they did not take the time to relate with one another and continue to build this relationship. My firm belief and Jean's firm belief and, and the belief of all the couples who are up here sharing with you guys is that the best thing for the kids is a very healthy mom and dad. And if that means that the, one of the kids is not going to be able to go to soccer practice or, or, or do soccer, wrestling, and football, 
You know, we, it, we, we have to get this family component back together. And that's going to be critical to do this. We also live in a time when it seems love is growing cold. How many people have read a headline recently that says that Good Samaritan helps so-and-so? That donations poured in so much that the family had more than when they started. You guys read these headlines? A lot? Not a lot. Or is most of the headlines, child left abandoned, person blows up, family killed. New York State allows late-term abortions. I mean, love is growing cold. I, I, how many people park their cars in a garage? Wow, very <laughs> few people here park their cars in a garage. That's really cool. Okay, there's a few. How do you get into your garage? Your remote control, right? So you're pulling down your street, you pop open your garage, you pull right into your into the driveway, into the garage, and you shut the garage door behind you. There's never an opportunity to say hi to your neighbor. I, I remember a story that Paul and Kathy were sharing when they moved in across from Ann and David. What, what did um, Brittany say? Hi neighbor. Hi neighbor. For like a year. For a year. Say more than yeah. hi. Yeah. Not easy to do though. For some reason we don't. It took a year. Because we're too focused on what's inside our house. And what has to get done inside. I found that I, I really like the image that Pastor John showed up there, the two jars, where they both had the same amount of rocks and sand, but the one wasn't it, overflowing. The one was overflowing because they didn't plan it well. Here's what I found during the course of my day, working at home, working alone. I can get easily distracted by emails that are kind of popping in. And as I was thinking about that today, it's like, you know, I myself, I need to do a better job of prioritizing what I'm going to do during the course of the day so I don't get distracted by this phone call or this email or this. Because pretty soon I can be answering all those, but then the core things that I really needed to get done maybe weren't addressed as well. Same thing for relationships. The very same thing for relationships. So a lot of times we live surrounded by relational inadequacies. Unsure of how to be the best loving husband or wife, caring father or mother, dedicated and supportive coworker or friend. I knew for a long time in our relationship, I was looking at everyone else's relationship and trying to do what seemed to make someone else happy. So if I saw what I thought was a happy couple and the wife did this, well then I have to do that because that obviously is gonna make my husband happy. Has anyone else ever tried to do something like that where you're looking at someone else and it, it may not be husband and wife, okay? It may be, you know, other, other, I was a chameleon in high school, all right? I, I was the only person I knew, the only thing that I wasn't connected with was the jocks. 
okay, because I wasn't really into sports. But I was on the math club team, whatever you want to say. I played violin um, in the school orchestra, and I took and sold drugs. Okay? Pretty much not what you would term normal compatibility groups. But I had such a strong desire to fit in and be accepted. I went wherever with whatever group that I could to try to meet that. I was an overachiever in very dysfunctional ways. All right? Because I wanted to fit in. I had a lot of relational inadequacies. No one taught me how to have relationships, so I just joined with whatever the people around me were doing, whether I agreed with it or not. We also live in a world full of people that are in pain. I can guarantee you there's not one person in this room that doesn't have at least one area where they're hurting in. Okay? For anything. I mean, it could be changes that are going on. It could be physical. It could be relational. It could be financial. You know? We have one area where we're, well, Pastor Morgan said today, you know, we're a church full of, you're just coming out of a struggle, you're going into a struggle, or you're in the midst of a struggle, okay? Um, and I, I agree and I disagree on a certain part to that, but we're, we all deal with stuff, okay? And that stuff causes friction, and it's hard. Yeah, it really is hard. Right, we want to read you a passage of scripture. It's from um, Luke 10, and uh, I like the Passion Translation. It's a, it's a different translation, and it doesn't cover the complete Bible, but it covers the New Testament. And what I like about this heading, it, have you all heard the story of the Good Samaritan? Yeah. And that's the way it's headed in most Bibles. You know what it's headed in the Passion Translation? Loving God, loving others. <laughs> How about that, huh? Just then a religious scholar sh stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. And he posed this question, Teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, what, did Moses, what does Moses teach us? What do you read in the law? And a religious scholar answered, It states you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. Jesus said that is correct. Now go and do exactly that, and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, he questioned Jesus further, saying, What do you mean by my neighbor? And Jesus replied, Listen, and I will tell you. There was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him half dead. Soon a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. And seeing that him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road, walked right past him, not turning to help one bit. Later a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally another man, a Samaritan, by the way, Samaritans were hated by Jews. Came upon the bleeding man 
and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down, gave him first aid, poured olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with the wine, and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey, brought him to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning he took his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words, Take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now tell me, which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor? And a religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. And Jesus said, you must go and do the same as he. It's not about just talking about this. We talk a lot in this class. We talk a lot in church. Honestly, I'm tired of talking. Huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of talking. It's important that we really put these principles into action. So if we're looking at the five concepts that we just kind of briefly discussed, that we live in a day where strengthening relationships and deepening interpersonal connecting is lacking, we live in a day where priority seems to be given to many things outside of relationship, a time where it seems like love is growing cold and that we're surrounded by relational inadequacies, and we live in a world full of pain. When you think of those five things, which one jumps out at you? We want you to spend a couple minutes either around your table group or if you can't hear because, you know, the tables are too yeah. large, um, with a couple people near you. Just take a couple minutes um, thinking about, I, rem I, I feel concerned. This is, you know, the, the thing that sticks most on me on how, um, how many people are in pain. You know, I, 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 I've walked with someone for, for quite a long time and I didn't realize how much pain they were in until this morning. And it made me sad. It made me sad that I walked beside someone and I never took the time to notice their pain. Let's talk about that. Spend a couple groups. minutes in your groups. That's why we have the tables. Yes, ma'am. I ha there, there are five separate ones. We live in a day where strengthening relationships and deepening interpersonal connecting is lacking. We live in a day when priority seems to be given to many things. We live in a time where love is growing cold, where we're surrounded by relational inadequacies, where we don't feel like we're, or we don't know how to be the best. We live in a world full of people in pain. So talk about those. The first, okay, so the first one is we live in a day where strengthening relationships and deepening interpersonal connecting is lacking. So when I think of that one, I think of walking into a restaurant and everyone at the table sitting around on their phone. 
you know, instead of having a conversation, they're te either texting one another or can you? around this table, sorry. <laughs> there you go. Does that help? It will. It will in a second. He's going to get the picture up. There you go. Will that get larger? There we go. What we need, what I want to do is put together PowerPoint. And we're, we're learning this, so we're going to get it better next week. There we go. I'm going to get something real quick. conversations <laughs> a little bit more revealing than you thought maybe kind of you know we were going over these things and everyone's kind of like yeah 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 but when you focus on it does it become a little bit more real you know do we do we recognize and um, hey, what were some of the things you guys discussed how community is important yeah. People coming around, and even if they don't acknowledge it or um, may discern something's going on, but just having a word of encouragement or yeah. checking in, how are you, mm -hmm. and being honest with the question. Anyone else? I heard multitasking over here. <laughs> yeah, it's a myth. <laughs> What's the myth? Nobody does it well. Multitasking well. Well, this is the question. How many people in this room multitask? Okay. Well, is it okay to be doing the laundry at the same time as you're cleaning your kitchen? Well, okay. is it okay to be, you know, working maybe on two different projects at work at the same time? Okay. I mean, in this hard-pressed world where there's not a lot of time, on our tasks, we get used to multitasking. And I think in the conversation that Ron and I had, because this is now such a task-orientated, you know, with all our time-saving devices, we have so much more to do, um, 
we get so task oriented that we don't know how to do the relationship and we think we can multitask the relationship the relationship which is why I can you know watch the game and have a conversation with my husband at the same time uh. <laughs> uh. and this is one of the challenges that Jean and I still struggle with at times when I travel especially when there's a significant time difference because I can tell when Jean is talking to me while she's doing something else. Well, there's three hours time difference. There's three hours time difference. There's a lot of, I, I'm getting ready, you know, I, I'm wrapping up my night about eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I'm wrapping up my night and getting ready for bed. And I'm having to hurry up, get something to eat so I can be on time for a meeting. Yeah. And so, and I can tell that, and and we've had this discussion, and it is really hard, and we we have to give grace to one another because when it first started happening, I'm on this side of the phone, and I'm, <laughs> you know, you know, pay attention to what I'm saying, you know, you want to you want to connect, you want to talk, but you're doing all this other stuff, and so, but it's a discussion. That, guess what? We had a discussion about it. We didn't get into a fight about it. We had a discussion about it. How can we make it? How can we still, how can I still get something to eat while I'm running out to get to a meeting after I just got home from work and he's getting ready to go to bed? How do we make those conversations work so that I'm not starving and he's not aggravated? And we figured something out. And guess what? Every trip, we may have to figure something else out. Sometimes we don't figure it out, and he gets frustrated, or I go hungry. You know, one of the above. All right, but we make it work. Can you ask, honey, is this something that I can just listen to you talk about while I'm making my lunch, or do you need my undivided attention? All, all of the above, all of the above, all of the above. Yeah, you know, but sometimes, sometimes even just sharing the everyday. You want an undivided attention, even though it's not an important issue. Does that make sense? Yes, like my husband talking about football and the Raiders, and I, I just don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> what do the Raiders and football have in common? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> Boom! Boom. But but I mean very seriously, it's that's that's that is as that's an important thing. Yeah. You know, so it's for me, I have I struggle. It's like I'm hungry. I gotta get something to eat, and he wants to talk about the Raiders. No, um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to talk about the Sabers. There you go. Okay, but hockey. Um, and for me, there's nowhere on that level that if I ask that question, you know, is this important enough, and he starts talking about it, that I'm like, really? You want me to give up my dinner to talk about that? All right. I mean, that's that's my honest first response. Um, but the truth of the matter is, in a world where there's relational health, um, then I need to be more focused. Maybe instead of 50-50, I'm 75-25. Yeah. I, I can still, you know, be a little quieter 
making my dinner or choosing a simpler meal or whatever it is so that I can listen more attentively but still not 100% in the Raiders situation. Yeah. Okay. Now, if he's talking about he just found out from his brother that he's ill or, you know, I mean, that's, right. that's a different thing. But there's a lot of our conversations that are important to the person sharing the information that we could care less about. So how do we, and especially if we're talking about reaching the 75%, you know, I mean, I, I listen to my students talk about a lot of things that I'm not in agreement with. Flat Earth. Yes. Okay. It's a fad. One of, one of my students insists that there is a flat Earth. Okay. And, you know, okay, I began talking reason to him, and now that's, you know, okay, we, we had a discussion, and he's got a lot of unique beliefs like that. Um, and I listened to it to a point to make sure that he understands that he's heard. And I say, I don't disagree. I don't agree with where you're coming from, um, but I value you enough to at least listen to your perspective. In my mind, I'm saying that's five minutes wasted. I'll never right. get that five minutes back. But, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm like, right? We keep it real here, right? In my mind, I say that's five minutes wasted. But in God's world, it's not. Is that five minutes wasted? Because he felt that I heard him. Okay. Okay, but that's that's what that's what I'm saying with all this stuff. It's like it matters. I mean, I, I love the points that this brings out. Well, one thing I want to share. Sure, sorry. I'm really glad you guys are here. Yes. Because the the reason being is because you are in a school full of kids who are in a lot of pain, and the kids show a really good job of hiding it. They really do. So, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. All right, so imagine a relational well. Imagine relational wellness in your world, homes where family members regularly practice effective listening, understand one another's key relational needs, apologize to one another for when appropriate, and focus giving first to one another. Wouldn't that be a great home? Wow. Giving what? First. first. How about workplaces where caring and connected teamwork is commonplace, where people are valued above productivity and projects, and healthy relationships are lived out every day? How about where families are passing on a legacy of relational health, and it's purposeful and planned as a priority? in giving quality time together, vulnerable sharing, and mutually giving to one another's needs. Imagine schools where teachers, counselors, and administrators equip students and their families in both essential education skills and relational skills for lifelong healthy relationships. Where marriages have mutual respect, a deep knowing and caring for one another, and it's lived out with harmony and vision for the future. More than just where we're going on vacation in the summer. What do you want your life? And we've talked about that mission statements and yeah. stuff. 
where husbands and fathers provide the relational care and security for the wives and children to grow and thrive. There are far too many fatherless homes, far too many. We were having um, a dinner with somebody last night, and he's a scout master. And he talked about how when he was young and growing up, how his scout masters meant so much to him because he's like a father to many kids. Little league coaches are like fathers to many kids. How about where mothers and wives provide the relational nurture and care that such husbands and children experience closeness and intimacy? Or where healthcare services deliver quality care plus information and equipping in related interpersonal and emotional health issues. Do you know that the chances of surviving cancer grow exponentially based on support system and thought life? Exponentially. Two people can get the same medication for the same type of cancer. But if you have a better support system, relationships around you, and a better thought life, meaning, I know I can beat this. I know God is with me. All right. Even if you weren't faithful, even if you didn't have a relationship with God, just a positive thought life, the odds of surviving are much greater. We need each other. We need each other. Imagine a world where children grow up affirmed in their value, adequate in life skills and relational health, competent in making significant and lasting contributions to their family, community, and society. Where kids are more than just individuals that get the household chores done or the nags that you have to um, uh, provide their toys I mean, I deal with a lot of parents. It's like, all I have to do is I keep having to buy them video games or buy them new phones or, you know, where families where the kids spend more time in their rooms and don't even know if there was a, you know, a dead person in the middle of the living room because they're too focused on the TV or the, or on the, um, uh, on the video games because kids don't feel valued and included in the family or the family isn't what we describe and they want to avoid the pain that they're seeing. I mean, when Jean was growing up, she had somebody living in a house that her parents weren't even aware of. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Huh? We had two bedrooms and a bathroom upstairs, so when my parents were home, which were not frequently, the person just went up there. How long do you live in a house? Uh, a number of months. Yeah. Not bad, huh? Wow. I'm very serious. We heard it, but there were—I mean, there were four other kids in the house too. I mean, we had two—I uh, had three siblings, um, and a couple of extra guests that my mom never knew about, <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't critters. Um, so imagine that there's teenagers who value loving other people, more relationally adequate than entertained, more other-focused than self-interested. Now that might be a stretch, but it is possible. How about friends who offer security of unconditional care and support, committed to the best interests of others they love and care for? 
How about communities where relational wellness and adequacy is common priority alongside of educational competence, economic well-being, and life achievements? That's what the focus of the Bay is right now. Let's reach the 75. Let's talk about emotional competence, emotional health. So when we talk about all those different areas, the homes, workplaces, families, schools, marriages, husbands, fathers, wives, mothers, healthcare services, which of those speak out to you? Which of those? Brian, your neighborhood. And why, why is that? I just, you know, I've been making, you know, got a new neighbor in, you know, he really dressed up the yard next to us. Not, you know, I started asking him questions, just, you know, building relationships. Yeah. The next thing, you know, a guy from the other corner comes over, and I've been building relationships in the neighborhood. You know, and it's just going to keep growing, but I'm going to, you know, start, you know, it's not a fast thing that I'm doing, but I'm taking the time to build a relationship. It's not a what thing? It's not a fast thing. I it's think. not a fast thing. Okay. I'm just, you know, because I want to further the kingdom of God, right? But, right. But I'm, you know, I'm caring about what they're doing and, and asking questions and all that at the same time. But yeah, very cool. Putting to practice what I'm learning. Okay. Kathy? One of the things I like that Pastor John mentioned last week when he was talking about really putting this all in action is he said, we're going to do this whether people come to the Lord or not, because we, we love them and yeah. we know God loves them. <coughs> and I really like that, because sometimes people can manipulate if they realize that we're building a relationship with them to hopefully bring them to the Lord. It's not our agenda to have them quote, convert. It's just we want yeah. them to at least have a chance to know the Lord. Yeah. So I think we have to be really careful about that and let it be okay, even though we want them to have a relationship with the Lord just for their own sake, but to let it be okay if they don't and still be friends with them. Mm -hmm. Because we are doing it because we love them and we can do it because God loves us and he gives us that ability. Yeah. But to make sure they don't feel manipulated or used you're just trying to get through to go to church. You know? yeah. That's important. Very valid point. Victoria? Well, I think, like she was saying, our agenda needs to be to build that relationship. Yeah. Our agenda shouldn't be, I mean, although it is, it shouldn't be salvation or go to church or whatever, right? Your agenda needs to be to build that relationship. And then you have influence, right? And to love them. Without that relationship, you don't have that influence. That's yeah. right. Get them to where they're asking questions. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it is. Get them to ask questions. And, you need to share. That's and why it's so process. And we've had. Like hot potato, when they say no, that you just ruin no. your reputation and the relationship. And, and, and any chance of them ever. Uh, right. Now, so many of us in this room have kids, right? <laughs> no. Thank you. I said so many of us. I didn't say all of us. I'm grateful for some of you. But, uh, Teddy, you're, you're here with your girls. Did you ever look at them when they were one and say, for crying out loud, can you be 10 already? No, we don't rush that. 
We nurture those relationships. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't wish sometimes that they were older so that I didn't have to change their diapers. And, and, and that's true. And at the same time, we do. We nurture those relationships. There's a real good analogy to what I just said. There's a lot of relationships that I've been a part of where even though the individual isn't literally wearing diapers, I've had to come alongside and help them change their diapers because their relational wellness, they were pretty ill and they couldn't control their body movements, so to speak. Right? They needed healing, they needed instruction, they needed direction, yeah. they needed mentoring. And quite frankly, I was that person for a long time. And I'm grateful that I had faithful friends, people that decided to put up with everything that I gave them um, to be able to get out of diapers. Um, so. Yeah, and what we find is relationships where that's happening a lot. And people are giving up on one another. Husbands give up on wives, wives gives up on husbands, parents gives up on kids, and kids give up on parents. I'm quitting this job. I'm just going to start another job. Johnny? Uh, even with, 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 especially with what Brian said, I think that a lot of those things happen because we are in the center of the equation, our center. And a lot of times, with us having pain and all the other things that come, if we keep the focus on me, if I keep the focus on me, I'm hurting, you know, and I'm going through this, I'm going through that, then it's going to be hard for me to see anyone mm -hmm. because I'm the center of this equation. I'm yep. the center that, you know, this is happening because this or, or that, you know, but when I can back up and not be so focused on, not that mine isn't important, but not be so focused on mine, then I'm open for you know, that one that may be hurting to where I can go to and, and, and get that dialogue going on. But as long as I focus on me and, and, and my hurts and what I may be going through, it's a lot of fog there to see past, you know, uh, very, very valid yeah. points and, um, and more points that we'll bring next week. Yeah. Okay. We want to wrap things up here. Um, one of the things I do want to share a story about, um, our, we had a home group a long time ago when home groups were first here. And we took them to Toto Santos Plaza. And we picked up flowers, right? Roses. Roses. And we asked them, find somebody, give them a rose, and just talk to them for a while. Well, do we have tracks to give out? I said, don't you dare. This is about simply loving people. We're not looking for conversions. If, if, if that happens naturally, then great. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for you simply to learn how to love people without an agenda. You know how difficult it is for Christians to do that? It was really hard. Well, wait a second. Should we invite them to the church? No. You can ask them if they have something you want to pray about. You know, and then again, if it organically happened... Um, and, and there were a few, but just go out and love someone. No agenda. Paul? Um, 
this is a little a little sideways maybe, but uh, in 2005, my job went from working in the warehouse to working outside sales. And one of the coworkers um, who retired a couple of years later is an you know, older guy. Um, it was made known to me that he was against me getting that promotion, if you will. Okay. He, he voiced to my boss, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, uh, but the decision was made. I got the position. Whoop you do. That was, that was some good stuff. Now, what Davis did is he, even though he, he didn't think I was right for the job, he took me under his wing. He had been a salesman his whole life, you know, rotating equipment. Um, and at, at his retirement dinner, I basically shared with the, the people who were there that he taught me how to tie my shoes in two ways. One was literally, he showed me the Boy Scout way of tying your shoes so the loops go this way instead of that way. Um, and also, he taught me a lot about sales, building relationships with the customers, because that's the kind of selling it was, that kind of thing. And uh, Even though he didn't think I was right for it, he spent a lot of his valuable time teaching me how to be a good salesman. Um, and I think it, it feeds into what yeah. we're doing here, what Pastor was sharing, uh, was it last week he was talking about you know, homeless people and that kind of stuff. You read that, that email that was poison. Uh, even though it's not my taste or if a person has body odor or something like that, it's worth time because that's another person. Um, we bring this into marriage. This is kind of a marriage class, right? Yeah. Um, even if, even if I don't like what's going on, it's worth my time. Thank you for asking. We went to uh, Starbucks and we had our first ever official staff meeting, um, and we spent the rest of the day, we kind of task oriented the rest of the day and stuff, but there was a connection that otherwise probably wouldn't be there. It was kind of, kind of neat. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we've just kind of not done it. Not hearing about it for years. It's kind of, it's kind of hidden, but we did yesterday. And it's like, oh, you mean it actually has value? When we walk things out, no, I mean, think about it. No, but I mean, it, it. But that's the whole thing. That's it. We know it has value. We just choose not to do it. And when we do it, we realize finally, why didn't we do it earlier? And and that's about so many different things. So many different things. Elaine. And then think about um, if we're demonstrating kindness and love to our neighbors, whether it's our physical neighbors or a coworker. And then one day the opportunity presents itself, you can invite them to church versus the flip side is if you're that get off my lawn type of neighbor, you know, and then months down the line they come invite you to church. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, you know, versus saying, I knew it was something about you because of your kindness and love that you demonstrate when they when we invite them. But then if they don't see that love, then they're thinking, she needs some love over there. Maybe she needs to go to church, not knowing that I'm already a member of the big church. Which is probably where they go, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've talked about my third grade teacher before. Um, I'm still friends with her. Third grade was 
decades ago, okay? <laughs> Almost five decades ago, all right? Dating myself here. The woman is not a Christian. She's not strong, active in her Jewish faith either. She's more of a cultural Jew. And yet, the love, the care, and the concern that she had, not just for me, but other individuals at that time as well, impacted and changed lives. There's still two of us that keep in fairly regular contact with our third grade teacher because of love because of self-sacrifice, because of recognizing the pain of someone else. And if a non-believer do it, how much more power do we have in us to impact? If I can add, um, even just as believers, I'm thinking about the scripture, um, be always ready to give an answer to the hope that lies within us. And, and, and I really receive that as and not just more so recently, but just as I'm going through my own process, um, identifying my own pain, mm -hmm. and realizing that people are, are not going to always be drawn to you to just invite them to church. I think the hope that lies within you sometimes is just telling your story. Mm -hmm. And like everybody's saying, Brian, Johnny, and um, um, others are just sharing, it's just being able to tell your story at the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. And they'll see that hope. You know, that, that's been your anchor. And you can share that. Your story, your pain, yeah. and who's been that hope. That's when Christ comes up. But it's not always just come to my church. It's the building of the relationship. Yeah. And it goes, as Paul brought out, into the most intimate relationships. Hey, kid of mine, tell me your story. Hey, parent of mine, tell me your story. Hey, spouse of mine, tell me your story. Because yeah. Ron did a, a funeral yesterday, and he was freaked out beforehand. I found about it after how freaked out he was. She, she didn't pick up on it. I was, I was getting to the point where I wanted to vomit. That's how freaked out I was. He didn't share it with me, and I didn't notice it. And I know there's other times in our relationships where one or the other have done that in other situations as well. We're 35 years. We teach this. Right? But Ron was really good at, at hiding it. And we were tasked. And, you know, at the time, and, you know, all the other things going into it. But I can guarantee you there's things going on in the people that you live with that we have no clue about. Yeah. Relational wellness is here and it's here. This acts and Ron. Where, is there a reason why? Is there a reason why? Is there a reason why? Why were you freaking out? You no, no, no. Why you, you didn't? didn't oh, why not you didn't share? Freaking out. You didn't share. Uh, yeah, because I was in the midst of telling myself a lot of lies. I'll just be honest with you. I was in the midst of, because we had we had forgotten something that I said we would bring, and that consumed me at that moment. And it was a short while. I mean, everything went really, really well. I went home. I got what we needed and brought it back. But I was. But I, I'll share with you that for the most part, 
public speaking and everything else, I, I'm not comfortable with it. I still have, I still struggle with it a lot. Um, so, um, so that that's one of the reasons why. And it's a healthy place to be, I believe. Or maybe that's another lie I'm telling myself. I don't know. Uh, that's 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 how I feel sometimes. What you just said is that at that point your reliance is totally on God. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, I think that it it, it balances. I know for me sometimes it balances me out. Because yeah, I gotta walk up there with my own two legs. Yeah. But when it comes down to me giving, I need. To help, yeah, you know, and I was fine once my mouth started moving. Gene and Gene, Gene, Gene prayed for me afterward, beforehand. So what's wrong with me that the prayer didn't work? Right. Well, I prayed for you, but let's be honest. I am the one who said no, I didn't say no, anything. No, you like didn't that. say that. But how many of us have said that, or thought that? I prayed for you, get over it. I said I was sorry, get over it. How many of our spouses have been like that man who was lying on the road and we crossed to the other side? Wow. So here's what we're going to teach you over the course of the next several whatever, <laughs> many Sundays. We're going to teach you how to pick up on what those needs are in others. So that even without them saying what the need is, you'll be able to hopefully pick up on those needs. And be able to vocalize your and own be, needs. And being able to vocalize your own needs. All right. All right, Father, thank you uh, for who you are. Thank you for uh, this class. Thank you for this group of people. And Father God, whatever uh, people are leaving here with, Father God, my, our hope is that they leave with a sense of hope and, and, and desire to, to really reach out and be healthier relationally. And Father God, for any of those who may be experiencing, even uh, during the course of what we were teaching, a sense of loss, like, oh, wow, I missed out on that opportunity or I missed out on that opportunity. Father, your word says that you will restore what the locusts have eaten. And you can bring full and complete healing and restoration as well. So, Father God, we pray for that restoration. We pray for that healing, emotional healing. And Father God, we pray for another chance. And Lord, help us have this mindset that we don't care if you're the 20th person you ask to do something. We just want to be the last person you have to ask. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love you guys very much. I did.